0: Welcome to Inside JMS, the stories behind the people who work at the Hank Greenspun School of Journalism and Media Studies. I'm Kevin Stoker. I'm the director of the school. Today we are fortunate, of course, with my compadre, Dave Norris.
1: Happy to be here, my friend.
0: Uh, And I, we were going to be talking to Dr. Linda Dam, who is an assistant professor in the college. Linda, how are you today?
2: great thank you so much for having me
0: so Linda you know I know you have a very fascinating background and you've uh, you're from LA and tell me a little bit about growing up and your parents are very traditional so tell me about that
2: oh well I grew up in Orange County so really close to in Southern California um my parents are really traditional in in certain ways um really protective when i was a kid so i wasn't allowed i wasn't allowed to do any sleepovers until i was like in high school so they were really strict in that regard um but they were also not really strict in terms of watching me do my homework or they weren't really like a tiger mom in that way. Yeah. But it's interesting because with my brother they didn't really trust him <laughs> to <laughs> complete his Yeah, we don't trust work. boys. I, I so, can speak for that. So with him they made him sit at the dining table and do all his homework but like for me they just gave me this open schedule like it was interesting so.
0: Well I can understand that because you really work independently well in fact <laughs> I know you're doing really well on your research tell us about your research.
2: Oh, well, the most recent study that I'm working on is on wearable fitness trackers and looking at individual factors that might contribute to somebody using their fitness trackers. So, you know, in terms of like Apple Watches or Fitbits, whether you're socially competitive or internally competitive, are either of you competitive with (laughs) fitness? Yes, we are very competitive.
0: (laughs) Very competitive going mountain biking with Dave it's very competitive just to stay up with him
2: Oh oh you guys have gone mountain biking together. We have
1: we, uh, we we may be going
0: again soon That's right I I actually you know have used new strategies to try to keep up with him
2: Really Well
0: well you know tell us what where, where did your interest in these areas go come from uh, what was it that inspired you to kind of start looking at this stuff
2: Oh that's a great question. So I'm working on this project with Natalie Portman in Com Studies. Um, and I'm just really intrigued by people's intentions of using fitness trackers, you know, for myself in in my family, we're super competitive, right? So with Fitbit, when I had a Fitbit, I have Apple watch now, but with Fitbit, it's just my brother was always trying to beat us. My cousin was always trying to be on the leaderboard. And so I was, but then some people just wouldn't participate at all, right? Like if they didn't have time to exercise and then I had one person in the group that cheated sometimes, and it's like, why, you know? So it was just very fascinating to me. And then now with the Apple Watch, you know, you can individually compete at a like a higher level, not a higher level, more detailed level, looking at like standing, walking, you know, activity levels. And I don't know, I'm just fascinated by people who <laughs> who use their watches and people who don't.
0: You know, it can't. You know, competitive family. So tell us about your growing up years.
2: Oh well. The one, I mean, I don't know if this is the question, but the one thing I do regret, and I think I would have maybe been good at is some type of sport, because i do feel i have a very competitive nature in me but you know going back to my stricter parents they didn't actually nurture that part of me right like they Mm -hmm. didn't encourage me to really do any type of sport i did do taekwondo when i was a kid Mm -hmm. and got my junior black belt but i didn't do any sports in high school whereas with my brother they put him in wrestling he did really competitive tennis he did did he do basketball? I don't remember. But he was really, really athletically focused. And, you know, he also did well in school. So we both ended up at the same college and whatnot. But, yeah, I feel like they didn't, you know.
1: But still to get your junior black belt, that's saying something yeah, right that's... there. Clearly you've got a internal motivation in order to get that far along in Taekwondo, but also a great sense of athleticism from a young age.
2: But I wish I had more athleticism, you know. <laughs> so if you did sports in high school, I feel like it would translate better now, you know. Well,
0: I think all of us wish we had some more athleticism. But, <laughs>
2: you know. So I feel like yeah. I'm, I'm striving for that now. Like, I, I, I don't know. I want to try different runs. I want to try. I just did the Spartan race last summer, mm-hmm. this past summer, which was great kind of rough but i've done tough mudder and i like i'm just fascinated by that internal competitive. What we didn't business.
1: know about linda's how hardcore she is yeah, tough yeah. mudder spartan right. race black belt over here Holy junior smokes. black belt okay like, doesn't me. even count <laughs> <laughs> linda tell us a little bit about what you do here at unlv you're obviously a researcher but you teach as well tell us some about some of the classes that you enjoy teaching um tell us maybe a little bit about your style as a teacher or what you think your style is
2: So, currently I'm teaching the graduate uh, quantitative research methods class, and I've previously taught the undergrad methods class, and I love teaching that class, just because I think it's so applicable to all people, right? So, it's just anything you want to research. If you want to research a person or a product, you have to kind of go through that process. So, I think it's really fun to you know, help students see research in a different way versus, like, a very dry, scientific way, right? Um, and I also teach intro to PR, which is another favorite of mine, which I get to teach in the spring, thanks to Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> I do love teaching intro to PR. It's so fun, especially with everything just going on in society. So I think the way I like teaching is I like looking at real-world events or current events or pop culture and making it applicable to the students, but at the same time kind of honing in on the certain, you know, core class factors or class concepts so just because so they're able to kind of connect what they're learning in the textbook to something happening in like the real world and then how to really take that and apply it elsewhere right like when they leave the classroom so what else have I oh I've taught ad strategies that class is also really fun but then COVID hit so then we went remote on that one um, I also usually just teach the uh, the IMC class the integrated marketing class which is really 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 fun I love being able to work with the seniors right before they graduate, you know, so it's a really great opportunity to get to know them. And I still keep in touch with a lot of them from my first semester, and they've gone on to get really interesting jobs and whatnot. So I do love teaching the IMC class because I get them right before they graduate.
1: Yeah, and then getting to see kind of, all right, how do you take this experience that you've had throughout your undergraduate career and transition into the professional workforce. I mean, a very gratifying feeling, if nothing else.
2: It is, seeing them take all these concepts they've theoretically learned and then just making it more applicable and having something tangible to take away with them when they go on to the workforce.
0: So you grow up in Orange County and yet you end up getting your PhD at Connecticut, right? Yes. (laughs) So how did that happen?
2: So I've lived all my life in in Orange County. I mean, like one year in Denver or one year in Pennsylvania when I was little. But I thought it would be great to kind of get out of Orange County, right, and not stay in that bubble. And I didn't really have the college experience. I went to UC Irvine, so it was a commuter campus. And then I went to Cal State Fullerton, another commuter campus, which were both great institutions. But I thought... This is the moment I should really leave the state, you know, and really do something completely different. So then I chose the furthest place (laughs) possible. And I always tell my students this, UConn really got me with their marketing because they stated that they're central to Boston and New York City. And I was really sold on that. And in reality, they're in the middle of nowhere, like extremely (laughs) rural. (laughs) You know, like you're kind of central, but
1: technically, you're
2: central. (laughs) Like, technically, but you're really like, you know, like where the cows are behind the ice cream store that they have, like really rural. (laughs) But I loved my experiences there. And I think, it, you know, it really helped me grow as a person, right? Because I never left California. I was in, you know, I knew all the same people and whatnot. And this really tested my character. Because, again, I remember my parents never let me go to any sleepovers or camps or anything. Mm-hmm. So I was extremely homesick. And it really, you know, challenged me in so many ways to grow.
1: Well, here's what I would love to know. I mean, you, the way that you grew up clearly... know influenced eventually wanting to leave that bubble that you were in but talk to us maybe about is there some sort of formative experience or maybe a memory something like that that you think you know this really helped shape who I am dr. Linda Dam today
2: I mean, I think it would probably be my experience at UConn just because okay. I actually got, you know, left and I literally did the came with two suitcases, didn't know anybody at UConn. Okay. Like, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know anyone in the East Coast <laughs> in general, <laughs> you know. Um, and so I think that really challenged me because this entire time I've just stayed at in Orange County, you know, like I knew all the same people. I had my support system and my parents were there and whatnot. But in Connecticut, I was really alone you know, and I had to meet all new friends and, and the weather, I mean, I'm very sensitive to cold (laughs) apparently. So that was a struggle and just kind of being out there alone. Um, But it was one of the greatest experiences because I became super independent and I met really great friends there and I still visit Well, right before COVID, but I was visiting like twice a year. Mm -hmm. I was in two of my friends' weddings, like, you know, so I made really good friends and I'm still really close to my advisor there and, other professors. It was a great program and really a great experience.
0: So, if you kind of look back on life and I I, I know you're a really good teacher. I've always been impressed with that. Oh, thank you. What what was there a teacher that really inspired you or you know, a professor or a teacher that really sp- inspired you and left a mark on you?
2: Oh, that's a great question. There There is. So when I went to Cal State Fullerton to do their master's program, initially, I never thought to become a professor. You know, I thought it was too late and whatnot. Um, But I had one professor there, Dr. Laura Triplett, and she's no longer at Cal State Fullerton. But when she was there, she is really the one who paved the way for me to become a professor you know she gave me all these opportunities and the way she teaches is really similar so I was just really attached to her teaching style just making all these core concepts in class really applicable to yourself and to the outside world you know you're not just memorizing things you're memorizing or you're learning it and then how to apply it and then how it's relevant to society so I thought she had a great teaching style and so she, I was her TA and then she let me guess lecture and then again you know the first day of class I had her She's like, well, what do you want to be? You know, why are you in this program? And then I was like, I want to be a manager, you know. I don't know, like, what I wanted. Like, but definitely not a professor. Like, it just didn't even occur to me that's still possible, you know, because I was a returning student, non-traditional. Yeah, and then she let me become her research assistant and then learned, you know. Like, I got an opportunity to do all of this stuff as a professor before I even decided to be a professor. She gave me my own class and then, you know, she really just kind of, like, cultivated. So I, I really...
0: That's really. I neat. really
2: wish I was in touch with her, though. <laughs> but yeah.
0: No, oh, I understand that. It's 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 hard once you move on. Right. Sometimes.
1: Now you mentioned that you had taken some time away, right? So what was what was what what were you up to in that time in between oh. when you finished school and went back to school?
2: Oh, that's so. After I graduated UCR, mine, I did not know what I wanted to do. I did think I wanted to be a journalist, so I got an internship with the LA Times and I just learned that I'm not a reporter, you know, I just can't deal with that writing under pressure while the editor's like right next to you. Um so I took on all kinds of jobs because I'm all about trying it out, right? I really feel you need to try out the profession before you, you know, commit to it. So I was a video game tester. I did that for a little bit and then I eventually and then I became a marketing assistant at an engineering firm, at a magazine firm, and then I got a really awesome job at UC Irvine, so I came back and I worked for their admissions department, but I did all their communication. So I made the flyers. I loved coordinating the events, so we did a lot of events, so I did a lot of that. And then, yeah, just targeted marketing there. And what else did I do there? You know, worked on their website. So just did any of the communication. I started as a senior writer and became the programs manager there. And that was really fun for a while. Yeah. And <laughs> I yeah. was like, you know... I kind of want to try teaching. So I was getting my master's at the same time I was working at UC Irvine. And then after guest lecturing, I felt that was so exhilarating, you know. So I just wanted to continue that. And then when I did my master's thesis, it was super painful, like just such a painful process. But when I finished, I was like, it has to be better than this, you know. Like I want you to like continue. And so I feel like all my experiences really led me to where I'm at.
0: And then you went from Connecticut to Chico Dominguez Hills Dominguez Hills that's right close one
2: of the Cal States yeah
0: yeah I I, Dominguez Hills and and you did quite a bit there you were really busy
2: I was yeah so that was actually a really awesome experience because after Connecticut and being on the East Coast for four years I was so fortunate to land a position back in Southern California like I literally was like 30 miles away from my parents and my family and friends and whatnot and you know I had never actually been to Cal State Dominguez Hills. It's one of the smaller Cal States, but, oh, I loved working there as well. Like, the students were really awesome, and that gave me an opportunity to really fine-tune my teaching, you know, and then I also continued my research there, and I got, I had lots of opportunities for service, so I really got to understand how an institution works and whatnot. So it was a really... Interesting experience. Busy yeah, experience. you develop
0: programs and yeah, courses we and everything. Yeah, doing
2: curriculum reviews right. and developing courses and. But it was my f- kind of first time on, you know, getting it all right at the same time. So I really, I really feel like that prepared me well for this position. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I think so too. So we
1: have, uh, unfortunately, we have to let Dr. Dam go in just a minute because she has to meet a student. I but do. what did we not? get a chance to ask you that you think really kind of helps if it's an incoming student or maybe a faculty member somebody who's listening to this podcast that wants to get to know you dr dam is there anything we didn't ask you that we think that you think would be good to share
2: oh that's a great question a similar question that kevin had i don't know Well, one thing we didn't talk about is my dog uh, oh, we need to talk about your dog. <laughs> I know, yes. you know, I'm obsessed with my dog. it's the first time I've owned my own dog. <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. I'm really. Well, let's up.
0: talk about your dog. Oh, okay. Now, tell us about that story about getting a puppy. And uh, I know, I know. Every now and again, you, I see you, and you you're hurrying somewhere. <laughs> I got to get home to the dog. <laughs> <laughs> i got to do this or that. So tell us about it. Does it get you out of the house, too, to go for walks yeah, and everything? Yeah,
2: you know, she really made me, I feel like, super more responsible and just more organized because you kind of have to be with the dog. And, and she was a gift from my friend, you know, so I was dog-sitting her dog, and then she got me my own dog. And I never thought I was really a dog person because I grew up with dogs. We had two in our family, but I was never, like, that attached to them, I guess. They were more my brother's dogs. And then when I went to Connecticut... I lived with a friend who had a dog and that became like my dissertation dog. Like I would literally fly back to Connecticut to visit this dog that isn't even <laughs> mine. And then when I got my own, I wasn't even sure if I could love another dog like that. And I do. And so she has been wonderful. She just got spayed, you know, a couple month, a couple weeks ago and she's doing great. And it's just, it's like, why didn't I get a dog sooner? You know? Oh, <laughs> wow. Although there are limitations, right? I can't travel as freely as I used to. But it's worth it to have, you know, to have her. She's your baby. (laughs) She is. I love my dog. So then I became a dog person, like photo stickers and pictures <laughs> everywhere so is
0: tell us what type of dog it
2: is she's a german shepherd she's, get big. yeah she's 65 pounds you know oh my goodness kind of yeah i wasn't really thinking about all the logistics <laughs> with having a larger dog <laughs> but <laughs> I, she's wonderful
1: and her name's olive right olive i yeah, love it
2: she's great we're very similar in personality <laughs> i feel <laughs> she's my friend makes fun of her because she's, like, brave all of us. Like, she's scared to do anything. She's super not athletic. <laughs> but she's a sweet dog, you know, really, really sweet.
1: Thank you for taking the time to chat with us today and letting everybody kind of get to know who you are a little bit, Linda.
2: Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. We've,
1: we've enjoyed
0: chatting with you and uh, wish you great future here, and we're sure glad to have you.
2: Thank you so much.